Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in the NAHU's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your weekly healthcare happy hour. While NAHU staff handle certain crucial duties, NAHU is ultimately a member-driven organization. That means that what we do relies on NAHU members such as yourselves volunteering in various capacities and help make our association what it is. Did you know that NAHU has a wide array of volunteer committees covering a large swath of areas from legislative matters to professional development to LPRT? On this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, Marcy and I are joined by fellow NAHU staff members, Chief Experience Officer Farron Baer, Vice President of Leadership Services Brooke Wilson, and Senior Vice President of Public Relations Kelly Lucides to discuss the committees and how you can be a part of them. Thank you for being on the podcast this week, guys. Let's walk through the different committees and what their roles are in the association, starting with the Legislative Council and the Legislative Working Groups and Task Forces that fall under the Council's purview. Marcy, would you mind going through those? Sure. Well, we have our Legislative Council, which is made up of a number of NAHU members and also the leadership of the Legislative Council, which is our legislative management team. And these leaders help us to determine our policy initiatives, what we're going to advocate for, how we're going to put together our approaches to different items that are introduced in Congress, as well as from the administration. So we like to put together a group for Legislative Council that has a lot of different backgrounds in the types of markets that they work in. So we have diversity of market experience, as well as areas of the country so that we're able to incorporate different experiences when we're looking at policy pieces. So part of that is also the working group stand that you asked about that come out of the legislative council that are subgroups. And these focus mostly on different market segments, but also on some very specific types of market initiatives. So we have our individual market working group, which does just like it sounds, focuses on the individual market, both on the exchange and off the exchange. We have our employer working group, which focuses on the employer market, our Medicare advisory group, which of course looks at Medicare. We have our long-term care insurance advisory group, as well as quality and price, which looks at cost containment and some of the transparency initiatives that have come out during this administration and the previous administration, along with our prescription drug task force that's looking at what we can do to lower the cost of prescription drugs, and our mental health task force, which is looking at not just mental health parity, but also ways that we can improve access and choice for mental health providers. And this past year, we added the State Public Option Task Force, which is it's going through the different provisions that have been introduced across the states with different types of public options. So looking at what has been already implemented or started to be implemented in Washington state, and then comparing it with 
what we're seeing in other states like California and Illinois and New York, and really drilling down into the different aspects that we see when states are trying to look at some type of public option or opening up some of their public markets to private, what would normally be privately insured consumers. And for folks who may be interested in the Legislative Council itself, but also one of these working groups, can they apply to both a Legislative Working Group and the Legislative Council itself? Yes, absolutely. Our working groups and task forces are made up of folks that are both on Legislative Council and folks that are not on Legislative Council. Also, the Working groups and task forces are a great way to get a little bit more experience if perhaps you're really interested in serving on legislative council, but maybe feel like maybe you don't have the policy background. Joining some of those working groups and task forces, that's a great way to get some experience going through these different policies and then kind of working your way up to joining legislative council. Aside from the legislative end of things, one of the most crucial set of services that NAHU provides is through professional development. So, Farron, would you like to talk about the Professional Development Council and what council members do to help our association? Sure, I'd love to. And I'd like to say that, you know, our volunteers are the heartbeat of this organization. Their passion pumps through the various committees covering different markets and interest of our members. And the success of this organization is really reliant upon them because, you know, the professionals with their level of commitment representing the leading authorities in this industry and with their day-to-day experience in the field, you know, working with our clients is what contributes to the practical knowledge that seeds our program content. And all of NEHE's courses are written by agents for agents. So one of the primary responsibilities as well, and actually a top priority of the Professional Development Council is the growth and success of state and local chapters. So by way of keeping an online toolbox stocked with CE-ready programs, the chapters can use for their member meetings. So the chair is appointed by the NEHE's current president and a member of the board, and the council is a multifaceted group involved in so many aspects of the organization. So the council of themselves, I mean, they report back to the board of trustees and they manage the communications with the regional VPs that actually are the communication fingers that go down to the state and local level what's happening at the national office, what's important and what they need to know, and how those resources that work best for them to their advantage in managing their state local chapter duties. They suggest education plan for the year and include schedules for speakers, continuing education seminars and forum discussions, which also serve as a blueprint for the local association professional development chairs. They provide you know, templates for the state and local chapter to use, for example, the Medicare Summit, of which the region representation of our members do on an annual basis and are very successful with those meetings. They make recommendations to the National Board on industry or member needs, covering new subject matter or relevant to industry trends. They make recommendations on topics for speakers for the NEHU Online Learning Institute. They also make recommendations for the content that actually happens at the annual convention for Professional Development Day throughout the program format. So professional development and legislative work mean nothing if we can't articulate our advocacy and education work to media outlets. So Kelly, what falls under the purview of the Media Relations Committee and what could folks expect to do on that committee if they apply? Thanks, Dan, for the opportunity to talk about the important role that the Media Relations Committee plays in our association. 
I think the two main goals of the Media Relations Committee are to advance NAHU's legislative agenda. So what does that mean? We work very closely with our Ledge Council. We all have a committee member that sits on that committee. We collaborate. We work with our state and local national uh, media relations chairs as well, provide them with some tools to work with their counterparts on the legislative end. So that is a very important role if you are on the National Media Relations Committee. Secondarily, it's a very important role to communicate the value of the agent and broker. How do we do that? We work with media. We help our state and local media chairs with press releases and opinion pieces, op-eds, letters to the editor. We do PSAs. We do all sorts of advertising. We do print ads as well as social media ads. So we try to communicate the value in role of the broker in all that we do at the national level, as well as the state and local level. So we do provide lots of resources for our chapter to do that. I wanted to spend just a few minutes talking about the composition of the national committee. So we have our chair and our vice chair, also have a social media chair. And that came into play just a few years ago. And it's really been a critical role on the committee. As I mentioned, social media is a great way to promote the value of the agents and brokers. So we do a lot with creating social media ads and social media templates. We've got numerous campaigns throughout the year. And so the National Media Relations Committee, as well as the Social Media Committee, um, they're instrumental in helping us create those templates and create those resources so that our members at all levels. We have some members that you know use social media all the time, and then we have others that aren't as savvy. So we like to create tools for all of our members at all the different levels. So that's a critical role for someone who wants to participate in the, the National Media Relations Committee. We also have a media militia chair, and this is the person that coordinates with our legislative council, sits on our committee meetings. And this person is responsible for training our members to speak with one voice. I know we've all heard about the importance of speaking with one voice. So our media militia chair is that person that helps our state and local media chairs. So we provide PowerPoint presentations. We have sound bites to make it easy for folks to stay on message. That's our, a critical role of the folks of the National Media Relations Committee. We also have regional representation. So we've got eight regions and many of our regions co-chair their region. So, you know, if you feel like you might be overwhelmed and taking on a regional chair position, we help our folks find co-chairs, which um, has been really beneficial. We also have representative at the board level, and that usually is the incoming president. And lastly, I just wanted to mention that so many people that I talk about, whether they want to join the media chair position at the national level or state or local, is they immediately assume that they need to be the spokesperson. And that is absolutely not the case. You don't have to be the spokesperson. So if you want to be a media relations chair, you just have to know who those spokespeople are within your chapter. So at the national level, we work with the media militia committee to identify who those people are. So when a member of the press calls, whether it's media chair or alleged chair, we have a go-to place to find a spokesperson, whether it be within the state or within an issue. So that, again, is a really important role in highlighting those folks as well. Of course, NAHU is nothing without its membership, making the Membership Council a crucial committee for our association. So can you discuss the Membership Council? 
and the duties that the committee is responsible for. So the membership council creates, develops, and communicates effective tools that will assist state and local chapters for recruiting and retaining members. These tools will enhance the membership experience and value added benefits, and the membership council will work together with all other national committees to develop sound strategies to show the value of NEHU's membership and grow the association. So the chair also works directly with the regional membership chairs regarding the state and local issues within their respective regions, identifying membership needs, and determine whether the group's progress along with holding each regional chair accountable. So Brooke, would you mind explaining to folks who may be unaware of what LPRT is, what the LPRT committee does? Thanks, Dan, and thanks for inviting me on today. It's quite exciting to be on the Healthcare Happy Hour. First, I wanna to explain to people what LPRT stands for. And LPRT is the Leading Producers Roundtable and they represent our members who are the elite producers. And to be a part of the LPRT program, you have to qualify with your membership. And that requires you to qualify either with your production levels based on income or points from the previous year. So this is really the standout crowd that this committee is made up of. But the actual committee members, they are LPRT qualifiers. They are composed of people representing each region, as you've heard the other staff members talk about. So there's one for each region. We also have an at-large person who is somebody who's identified that's been excellent in the field and has a lot to provide to the committee. And what the committee is looking at is how to expand the benefits for the Leading Producers Program, as well as the growth. Like, who should we be attracting to the program? What are the qualified candidates look like? And do they bring to the program what we're looking for to excel those current members and bring in the next elite level. The committee will also look at the programming that's in place for the annual convention. There's a big program that we put on there. It's a celebration of our members. And then throughout the year right now, we have a masterclass that happens quarterly and it's elite level programming just for leading producer members. So one of the newest committees in NAHU is our Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Committee. So what is the purpose of this committee and what role do the volunteers on the DEI committee play? Well, Dan, the committee members are looking at how to make NAHU and its members more inclusive, more aware of opportunities and things that are happening in our environment and to be able to include more people. But I'm sure Marcy and Farron may have more to add to that. Brooke, I think you're right. And I think their intention is to create an awareness about the unconscious bias or what exactly that means. I think sometimes people are, you know, individually conflicted as to what DEI means. They may think it's about one particular thing, like, for example, about race, and it's not necessarily. Inclusion or DEI is supposed to raise a consciousness of people in their work, in person and virtual environment, or also, you know, in their personal life as well. So embracing diversity, but it goes way beyond that. It has to do with identifying all kinds of input from people with different backgrounds, levels of experience or perspectives. And without that broad input from those different perspectives, you can't succeed you know, at the pace that the world's moving today. And this helps us on the policy level as well. When we're looking at different provisions as they're introduced or different regulations as they come out and are proposed. We're also making sure that we're looking at it from the perspectives of different communities and different markets. So it's very important that we're able to represent all of the consumers across the country 
regardless of their background, to be able to ensure access, choice, and affordability of healthcare to all communities. So, how can folks apply for one or more of these committees? Good question, Dan. I hear that one a lot. For these committees and councils, there is an application process, and you can find the application on NEHU's website. If you follow the menu bar across the top, there's an item that says for chapters. You drop down on that and you'll see national committees and click on that. And there at the very top of the page is a button that says apply for a national committee. And that's where you're going to find the link to the national committee and council application. Each committee or council has its own application process and it goes to the staff and the committee that's making those decisions. And so it's a well-rounded process with a lot of eyes and ears on the ground trying to figure out who the best and most qualified individuals are. We encourage as many people to apply. And if you have questions to reach out to the current chairs and ask those questions, see what's involved, what what's expected, the time requirements and all those things, get a real good feel for it so that you know what you're signing up for. We love to encourage any new members. You don't have to have any kind of specific other than like for the ledge working groups. You don't have to have a whole lot of specific experience to volunteer at this level. And one thing that needs to be mentioned is we do have a deadline for applications, and that is March 31st. And we have that deadline so that the applications can be processed in time to notify people so that they can participate right away on July 1. The transition date is July 1. And this gives people time to set up their schedules and be ready to participate and have good conversations right away instead of coming in late. So it does sound like an early deadline, but there is a process and a reason for it all. Brooke, is there a term limit for folks serving on these committees? And there is a term limit. And this is one of NAHU's policies and procedures that allows somebody to serve for four years. And the reason for that is to allow new leaders to come in, to learn, to integrate into the process. NHU really is striving to get new leaders involved and be a part of the association. But there are some conditions, and, and those are if you're going to serve as a chair, you'll get a total of six years. You get four years as a committee member, and then the year as a vice chair and year as a committee or council chair. After six years, then your term is done, if that's your path. So some folks may notice that there are other volunteer committees in NAHU that we haven't discussed today quite yet. So, Brooke, could you discuss what other committees are available to members and why we haven't discussed them today? Oh, absolutely. Good question, Dan. So the committees that haven't been discussed today are committees that are appointed either by our PMPs, our bylaws, as a joint effort between the committee and the regional vice presidents, otherwise known as, as the RVPs as well as maybe just appointments by the presidents. So there are a lot of committees here, but the ones I'm going to identify are the key committees of NAHU. And there'll be an alphabetical order because that's how I have it listed. So we have the awards committee, the chapter leadership and development committee. There's the HUPAC board of trustees. And they're a completely separate entity. And I would have to direct you to Nathan Makla to get more information about them. Then we have the Nominations Committee, the Vanguard Council, and those are the key ones. And we on the website, I don't want to bore everybody by reading this information, but if you go to our website in that same area where I said that the council and committee applications were, which is chapter resources section, the first item is a national committee, you'll see a listing of these committees and descriptions 
as well as some job descriptions. So a description about what the committee does and then a job description about that committee. And those committees, we didn't discuss at length today because they are more appointment process rather than an application process. It is now time for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. Marcy, who are we toasting to this week? This week, while we're talking about leadership and commitment to our organization, it's fitting that we toast to Madeline Albright, who this week passed at age 84. She was the United States' first female Secretary of State and a leader, not just in our country, but on the world stage as well. Cheers! Thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. For more information on NAHU's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit NAHU.org.